Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, E3 is business in the front, gamer in back. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including the return of E3 and a date for the Mario movie trailer. And then on Thursday, we're giving Nintendo franchises the Fire Emblem Engage treatment. But Mark, in the meantime, how's it going? I'm doing great. I am, however, a little bit shook to my core because, Patrick, you and I, uh, as we were discussing how to open the show, the cold open. Yes. We yes. did a little research on the word mullet. Yes. And it is alarming in its etymology because you would think mullet, that word must be around since like the 1980s at the absolute latest. Yeah. It it, it, it um, must be derived from the French. Yeah. Moulet. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No. Turns out, and this is the Oxford English Dictionary c- citing this. It says that the word came into existence in a Beastie Boys song in yeah. 1994. Which is so crazy to me. I, like, I, I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, it's it. I mean, when when we discovered it, you compared them to Shakespeare. You, that they are you, they are making up words that then we just like become. They become commonplace. Yeah. That is a normal word. That's what that hairstyle is called. Yeah, totally wild. And we tried. We, uh, I think both you and I were in disbelief. We did not believe right. that that could be true. Maybe they popularized it, but there had to be some sort of origin. But as far as we can tell. Nothing. That's right. If anyone has further evidence about the origins of the word mullet, please email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And let us know, because like this thing has got us vexed. We're vexed. Here's the other thing you can email us about. Would you like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch? You certainly can. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And give us a mailing address so we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces uh, there may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in the box for Unson- uh, uh, for uh, Sonic Forces. That's fine. Uh, you don't need to worry about it. Either way, you play the game for as long as you want. You send it back. Back. I pay for postage both ways. It's the perfect borrowing program. Patrick, uh, this is not in the news, but there was a gaming show somewhere, uh, I think in Europe, and they had hands-on with the new Sonic game, Sonic Frontiers. And the yeah. impressions are positive. Okay. Yeah. I. Oh, okay. Do you, do you expect that to change the Sonic Forces borrowing program in one way or another? No, no. It was uh, purely, I, we weren't talking about it in the news. But I, I just, I feel like I've been uh, just operated under the assumption that Sonic Frontiers is going to be bad. And it may yeah, not I be. Yeah, I mean, that's. Yeah, it's uh, we, we will have to see. I will not believe one way or the other until I've played it, right? <laughs> which which I feel like you have to do. Now, I don't have to yeah. do, but I feel like you have to do. I know. I, I, I sentenced myself to this life. This is the life I live, where I have to try the new Sonic the Hedgehog game. Okay. <laughs> well, here's another thing 
you could do, you have agency to do, is you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Um, I know that I say this at the top of every show, but it is true. We appreciate it so much when you do. It really does help people find the show. Patrick and I love reading your reviews. So thank you so much to everybody who has left us five-star reviews or thumbs up us or starred us or favorited us, whatever you can do on your podcatcher. If you review us in the U.S. Apple Podcast Store and leave us a five-star review, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. Um, if you leave us a review anywhere else, we can't see it, but we appreciate it no less. So hit us up on Twitter, send us an email, let us know that you left us a review, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. Uh, yes, we we appreciate everyone who gives us a, a, a review. Um, uh, also, you should get in our uh, Discord. We've got a Nintendo Cartridge Society Discord um uh, all you gotta do to get in there is just email us or hit us up on twitter let us know that you want to be in there having fun conversations about nintendo stuff and uh you know partying up in splatoon and all that kind of good stuff uh, we will let you in uh no we don't let any weirdos in except for only the best kind of weirdos who uh want to be there and talk about nintendo so um hit us up we will absolutely let you in mark are you ready to get down to it and discuss what we've been playing this week let's do it Let's do it. Splatoon 3. Mark, there was a Splatfest this weekend. Yeah, and I was traveling and not, like, connected when the pre-release Splatfest happened, and so I was excited to get in on my first, like, official Splatfest in Splatoon 3. Uh, How did that go for you? What was your team? So I chose a team... Grub, which um, uh, we will get to, but strong hearts, if not a strong showing for Team Grub. Sure. Right. Uh, what about uh, you? I was Team Gear, oh, mm. um, and I, I really didn't get into it until uh, Sunday. I had a little bit of a, a busier weekend on, on the front side. Um, so it wasn't really until Sunday that I was able to hop in. I did not do any uh, like tricolor battles. Um, uh, and I did a I I will confess I did a little bit too much too much like messing around with different weapons instead of like just rolling with the weapons I know I know how to work with. Um, so my record, especially later in the day, was not great. Um, but it's still super fun to be playing uh, Splatfest. So much fun to see people like uh w- with their dumb little graffiti about like you know cheering on their team or trash talking the others. Um, it's just just a delight. Yeah, I loved it. I, it was fun for me to see you know like Splatsville in a turf war or not sorry in a um Splatfest mode. And yeah. I like in the first half how like the idols are traveling on these like floating or hovering, I guess, like, floats that travel through the city. And then for the second half of it, you know, they are up on a stage kind of like the Splatfest in Splatoon 2. Um, one th- So I uh, am not great at Turf War. So I only played a few rounds. And I actually did okay, but on Sunday, I tried desperately to get into a tricolor uh, Turf War because I had not been able to experience one, and I had yeah. no luck. Like, I kept getting just regular turf wars over and over, tried different times during the day. Um, so I'm kind of disappointed. Like, I was not at all this time able to do a tricolor turf war, which is a bummer, because that's, like, one of the new features of Splatoon 3 that I was really excited to check out. 
Yeah, I, I will also add that I got more than uh, more like disconnect notices than I was comfortable with. Um, in me, you know, I maybe played for like two and a half hours, maybe total on on, on Sunday, which uh, you know isn't really like that long. And I probably got disconnected maybe like ten times. Um, not often like during a match, um, but just like after one had ended or, or whatever. It's just weird to get like. Uh, just those like error messages and maybe that's just like a matter of course of like people um, signing off so you're left by yourself or something um, but it always like presents itself as some kind of error yeah um, and that 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 never feels good I also you know like I said I played some turf war tried to do some get in in these tricolor turf wars but what I really played a lot of this weekend was more salmon run which I love oh, so yeah. much and I, I've still only been playing with uh randoms and i think it would which has been fine but i would really like to get a group together so maybe uh 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 i'll see if we can get a, a crew go going to the discord, the discord man go yeah, to the discord exactly, exactly. <laughs> they'll play salmon run with you they're great yeah, yeah super excited for that uh, and if you are listening to this and you're like, I want someone to play Sam and Sam and run with, get in the Discord. Um, and uh, pe- people will definitely party up with you and you'll have a good time. Mark, did you get an opportunity to play anything else this week? Nope. It's mostly been Splatoon 3 for me. How about you? Uh, so I uh, have been playing Splatoon 3, um, but also I picked up Shovel Knight Dig, which I said I would do. So this is me being uh, true to my word. Um, uh, Shovel Knight Dig is uh remember how uh, in in the lead up to this we were like what is this what is this how is this uh what shovel knight game is this this is the one that's got a little bit more of a 16-bit aesthetic uh versus the sort of uh classic shovel knight 8-bit aesthetic neither of them are truly 8 or 16-bit of course um but uh it's it's a rogue-like game uh, where you are playing as Shovel Knight descending down into these uh, procedurally generated levels um, and, you know, trying to get, because it's a roguelike game, you're trying to get further and further than you do on, on, on each um, successive run. And you're getting different kinds of power-ups and, uh, uh, and traveling through these these various areas. Um, and it's a blast. It feels just like Shovel Knight. Uh, and uh, I I absolutely have the sensation of like, oh, let me just jump right back in. Like as soon as I die and it starts me back at the beginning, I'm like, no, let's do it again. Um, and, you know, I just love uh, Shovel Knight. I love the way he controls um, and especially like his, his moveset is so good for a vertical scroller that goes from uh, up to down because, you know, he's always got that like uh, Scrooge McDuck pogo stick thing uh, go- going on. Um and it just it makes for a perfect little gameplay loop. Is the soundtrack amazing? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's very very good. It, it's not too um, different from like OG Shovel Knight, mm-hmm. uh, so it it does it doesn't feel like a revelation, uh, but it's very it's very good. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to checking out the soundtrack. If nothing else, I wasn't sure if like in that jump, kind of from like an eight ish bit aesthetic to sixteen bit aesthetic, like the soundtrack would change as well. But either way, I'm I sure it's it awesome. doesn't really change. It's it, it it sounds an awful lot like. You know, I mean, with all of these things, with all of the uh, sort of like retro aesthetics, um, nothing is truly eight bit or truly sixteen bit, right? And right. Like, you know, that they're they're borrowing, uh, they're they're not being beholden to the actual limitations of those things, um, and it's more of an aesthetic choice than than anything else. So, you know, uh, e- even the music of Shovel Knight has kind of flirted with sixteen uh, bit textures and stuff like that too. Um, 
but yeah no the the, the music's really good and uh yeah mark you should you should check that out i, I think you would enjoy it uh, if you like the original uh shovel knight um all right that's what we've been playing this week let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week Today, September 27th, a game called Alfred Hitchcock Vertigo is released on Switch. The name alone made me super yes. curious, like, what this is. And so I looked it up. It is a an adventure game that is a completely original story, but kind of, like, inspired by Alfred Hitchcock films, specifically Vertigo, which I think is so interesting to call your name Alfred Hitchcock Vertigo. Um, so I, I have no information or like no real opinion on the quality of this game i just thought it was interesting if nothing else yeah it's, it's got like a decent metacritic score yeah. right it's it's uh like sitting at like a like an 80 or something like that um yeah it a uh, fascinating just like uh, could you put out a video game called like steven spielberg jaws yeah. could you do that james cameron <laughs> avatar <laughs> um and then also today tunic is released on the switch eShop. Oh, my stars and garters. How did I miss that? <laughs> Mark, Tunic. I know, I know. Big day. And then Thursday, September 29th, Picross S8 is released on Switch. This is the first game in the series that will have four-player uh, local multiplayer, plus they're adding touchscreen support. But what's kind of cool is in addition to uh, this in, being in Picross S8, they're, the developers are going back and... Uh, four-player local multiplayer and touchscreen support is also going to be coming to Picross S, S2, S3, S4, S5, S6, S7, and Picross Genesis and Master System Edition. I don't know if they're all releasing on Thursday, but they are going back and making these updates to all of these Picross titles. Um, this is incredible. This is amazing. Uh, touchscreen support, obviously a huge part of what makes the uh the ds and 3ds picross games so like accessible and fun um i don't know exactly how the uh because you know those games are all uh like stylus games right i don't know how exactly that'll translate to the switch um where you can't use the the stylus in the same way um you have to use like your actual finger um and so i don't know if it, that'll have like quite the precision that that you need uh i'm also mark what do you make a four-player multiplayer i don't know but i feel like we've got to try this out we gotta try it we gotta get two more people together because <laughs> does it and, and just are you all working on the same puzzle like is it just like absolute Unclear. chaos yeah it seems like we definitely need to check it out and um yeah and then, oh, I was I was just going to to to, to comment that uh, it, it's amazing now that this is the ninth Picross game on Switch. Uh, it's it's so many. Uh, they and I think I only have half of these. Um, uh, the original Picross S two or Picross S S two S three um, and the Genesis one. Are, I think those are the ones that I have. Um, but I should just get these all because uh, like I'm gonna I'm gonna want to. Although they can make them faster than I can beat them. So uh, what am I doing? It feels like we've got to get another Nintendo collaboration in here. Um, yeah, totally. But oh my god, an NES uh, edition of, ooh, of Picross, so good, so good. Oh boy! And then on Friday, September thirtieth, uh, EA Sports FIFA twenty three Legacy Edition is released on the Switch. So this is the last year for EA making a FIFA game. Wow! 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 Um, is Legacy Edition? Does that mean that it's just like the the last year's version, but with like updated stats? So, um, I don't know exactly what 
changes they've made from version to version, but Legacy Edition just means that um, like all of the Nintendo Switch versions have run on the same engine as the PlayStation 3 Got and it. Xbox 360, or maybe the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I'm actually not sure, but they've all been like, oh no, it must be. It must be the PlayStation 3 and uh, Xbox 360 versions um, beca- because like the Switch can't support frostbite or they've never you know like i guess sure, yeah. i guess that may not be true anymore but they've just never like ported the full game so i'm curious to see what happens both when new nintendo hardware is released and um also you know from this change from it being a fifa game to now just being uh an ea soccer game what happens right. to this legacy edition because the legacy edition continues to sell well um and so, yeah, it will just kind of be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, it's the same sort of like, huh, as uh, like the Just Dance games selling on 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 the Wii, um, you know, in like 2020 or whatever. Um, that's just like, you know, they they know their business. They know how to still make the money. Yeah, is by putting out some version of these games on the platforms where people are playing them for whatever reason. Yeah, and like uh, EA, you know, doesn't really support the Switch other than kind of like drips and drabs over its life but they have consistently put out a fifa game every year so um which just tells you like how popular you know football is around the world yeah exactly um all right uh those are the new releases mark let's close that out which brings us to a regular segment on our show it is time for 433 In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Um, Mark, we are getting so close to it being October, um, as slash the time of year when uh, I don't want to watch TV because the commercials are too scary. What's up with commercials being too scary? Um, uh, so I thought I would subject you to a quiz, Mark. Um, the quiz is what kind of spooky thing are you? Oh, perfect. Do you think I, do you think the spooky thing I will turn out to be is like a mountain beaver? I <laughs> know. <laughs> Yes, an ancient rodent, uh, <laughs> the, the mountain beaver. Um, all right, uh, this is a 19-question quiz, so we really got a cruise here. All right, okay. Um, okay, uh, uh, pick an undead Tim Burton dog, okay? So your choices are Zero from The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, who's like a ghost, right, with a uh-huh. red nose, uh, Scraps, the skeleton dog from The Corpse Bride, or Frankenweenie from Fra- Frankenweenie. Ooh, I th- I think, uh, as much as I like Zero, I think that I'm probably more like a dog who's been cobbled together by other, you know, like dead animals. So I'm going to say Frankenweenie. Okay, Mart, Mar- we're going with Frankenweenie there. Um, uh, which Halloween-associated bird are you? <laughs> Owl, crow, or vulture? Uh, I am a crow for sure. I know we don't have time for me to be justifying these anymore, so I'm just. Gonna, I know it's we we, yep. we really got to plow through them. What is the first reason you can think of why you like spooky season? Candy and treats, costumes and festivities, associated activities like going to the pumpkin patch and baking a pie, and prime time for horror themed everything. I guess uh, uh the associated activities. Yeah, I, th- I think you you like those associated activities a lot. Uh. Which spooky emoji would be the most likely to appear in your frequently used emojis? Leaves, like little autumnal leaves. Okay. A knife, 
a skull or the like red oni mask. Oh, and the ghost isn't even an option. Um, no. Go- uh, by the way, I totally thought this question was most likely to appear at your funeral. I'm gonna say uh, uh, leaves. I'll say leaves. Okay, fa- falling leaves. The the least spooky of the bunch. Uh-huh. Uh What's your favorite Halloween color combo? Uh, I'm just gonna make you name a, a Halloween uh, color combo. We'll I mean, wh- which here. other one is there other than orange and black? Orange and black. Here we go. Is That's like the purple third and one green on an here. option? Uh, no, it is not. Black and purple is one. Black and red is one. Orange and yellow oh, okay. is another. Orange and yellow. Come on. Uh, vampires thoughts. This <laughs> is question number six. <laughs> vampires thoughts. Uh, uh, more of a ghost person. Fun. Would not want to meet one IRL, but cool in fiction or hot. Okay, I'm going to say uh, fun. Uh, luckily, I misread this. We only have nine questions total and not 19, so I, <laughs> we're going to finish this. Uh, Mark, pick a weapon of choice. Uh, potions slash poison, a scythe, a classic knife, or a chainsaw. Ooh, I think uh, I, and I'm not incriminating myself here in any way, but I think I'm more of a poison person. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say a uh, classic knife. Classic knife made out of ice. <laughs> uh, okay, pick a horror starter. Oh, these are all like scenarios, uh, and they're all too long to read, so I'm just going to pick one for you, Mark. Okay, perfect. Go to the last I mean, I, we know each other very well, so I trust that you picked like the right one for me implicitly. Yeah, I'd, uh, I, I got to say... I didn't read any of them. It's <laughs> when when the options to a quiz are multiple sentences long, like that's a guaranteed from me that it, we're, I'm, I'm just not going to answer it. I still trust um, you. Thank you. Uh, question nine out of nine. This is uh, one where you get to type in your own answer. Uh, Mark, do you believe in ghosts? Uh, no. I answered, uh, no. Okay, here we go. Uh, Mark, you are a soft spooky. You got, <laughs> you are a soft spooky. You have a big heart and a love for, uh, sweatshirts with sleeves that are just a little too long. Your Halloween holiday vibes are pumpkin spice, the smell of fallen leaves saturated with morning dew and brisk weather that doesn't reach your skin through your thick wool sweater. It sounds like we're describing sadness from inside out. I think that's I think that's right. Do you think that's not your spooky uh vibe? No, no, no. I mean, I think I think you it this quiz nailed it and I think the clencher was whatever random scenario you picked. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Uh okay. Hold on. I'm canceling the timer now. We were accompanied today by a timer on my phone. Um all right, Mark, let's get into the news. Patrick, you and I have made a lot of jokes at the expense of E3, and I think I'm probably on the record on this podcast, although there's no way to know for sure, saying that I don't think E3 is ever coming back, but they are really um, looking to make a fool out of me, because we're beginning Mm -hmm. to get some details about E3 2023, and it actually sounds like they might be, be making a lot of smart choices. It's uh they they are certainly making bold choices that are uh like very de- defining. It seems like there's a real like brand playbook that they're working from, uh, and like it's is going to be an event. It, it, look, if nothing else, it is going to happen next year. Yes. So we have dates. It's uh Tuesday, June thirteenth, through Friday, June sixteenth, twenty twenty three. It'll be at the L A Convention Center. It has been in previous years. So we can already start speculating when Nintendo's 
uh, E3 June Direct 13th, will be 10 next year. June 13th, 10 a.m. Yes, uh-huh. that's right. <laughs> so the way that they're doing it is Tuesday and Wednesday are dedicated E3 business days. So there is l- physically going to be a separate space at the convention that is different from the consumer area that is dedicated and focused on in-person meetings and like industry and media hands-on. And then on Thursday and Friday are what they're calling E3 Gamer Days, which is, these are the ones that like the public can buy tickets to. And again, uh, it's a separate space from the business area. Like they are intending to make the business area like calmer, quieter, actually a place to do business. And then the fan area or the gamer area is more, you know, like the E3 show floor that we remember from the past. Okay, but let me ask you this, because like a lot of what the, uh, you know, the the big booths like Nintendo and like PlayStation would do in the past would be these sort of like spectacular displays, right, with lots of, uh, um, you know, stations to actually like try out the games at. Um, and well, you know, there is something in having uh, the the players there, fans there to try these things out. Um, that's it's also like a a marketing tactic to get like professionals to play them too right like totally i think it'll be re- and i think because they're having these in, in addition to having separate spaces they're having separate days i think it's totally possible that on like that the tuesday and wednesday people are in the meeting space but then are also going over to like the gamer area to see yeah. you know if, if they're doing like big displays like that sort of thing that uh because i think you're right that nintendo definitely wants the impact of somebody walking into a tears of the kingdom booth you know with the cool displays and like all the wall art and all that kind of stuff tears of the kingdom will have been out for a month by the time you're right uh, you're right isn't that crazy maybe maybe i will see we'll see if that (laughs) we'll see if that holds true um yeah yeah fair enough but i mean like that's that's one of the uh, the the reason why I was so quick to say like this is when Nintendo's uh you know presentation is going to happen, um is that that's always been uh Nintendo's uh direct or presentation or whatever has always ended when the show floor opens essentially right and uh them revealing what their E three is about kind of goes part and parcel with like and now people come into the booth which is decked out to be like Mario Odyssey like Breath of the Wild like Smash Brothers. Um, and like that is a cool moment, a cool thing that they've orchestrated so many times. And I just wonder if uh, this new sort of uh, configuration still feeds into that in the same way or uh, if they'll change what they're doing at all. Yeah. And they might have to shake things up. Like, I feel like that's kind of in order for this new E3 to be successful, not just like on an individual company by company basis. I think people will be have. In or- they'll have to buy into this new vision and be willing to, you know, like um, change things up as necessary, because yeah, uh, you know, another thing that uh, they're ta- that the they're talking about with this show um, is that they the goal part of the goal of it is quote to support and uplift partner digital events taking place are starting June 11th and running throughout the show. So you know, uh, we have seen for many years in the past companies start to peel off from like officially being part of e3 
but kind of having events around the same time like ea state of play xbox was kind of doing their own thing at um la live which is right across the street from the convention center but it wasn't you know like officially part of e3 and i think it is a smart move i don't know how it'll work or how successful it'll be but i think it is a smart move to try to not pretend that those shows aren't existing and to you know like and so the company read pop is producing and running the event and they have a lot of experience with fan events and so i feel like they are saying all of the right things um genuinely trying to fix issues with the last few years of e3 but it will be dependent on the companies you know that they're courting buying in to this new vision and it'll just be interesting to see what they're able to pull off yeah well and you you shout out um you know read pop doing uh fan events but like it's it's bigger than that too, right? Like they also do New York Comic Con, they do C two E two, which you know obviously have big fan components. But like both of those shows have like huge presences from uh, you know Marvel and DC and like you know real publishers and stuff like that. So like you know Reed Pop is no slouch when it comes to like actually putting on a big show from like the biggest names in the industry. That's part of the uh, the the show they're putting on, right? Um, which like is is what is what e3 needs like e3 needs to be both of these things um both like the most professional uh video game convention and like this fun fan thing too like it has to be um the sizzle and the steak well patrick speaking of new york comic-con we need to start oh, i did i walked us right into this one <laughs> we need oh to my god bracing ourselves for impact because after living in fear personally Every day for at least the past year that, uh, you know, I would throw off the sheets one morning and right. see that Nintendo had revealed the first teaser trailer for the upcoming Mario animated movie. I feel like Nintendo knew that we couldn't collectively take like a surprise attack. Like they couldn't they couldn't cold drop it drop no, it on us. No. They knew. They knew. So last week they announced that the first <laughs> teaser trailer for the upcoming Mario animated movie will be revealed at New York Comic Con on October sixth at four PM Eastern time. So everybody <laughs> set a reminder <laughs> in your phone, you know, like for a couple minutes ahead of time. Block right. out your work calendars, you know, like uh, this is a moment. And like truthfully call call your loved ones tell (laughs) them what they mean to you because you don't know you don't know what's going to happen when we live in a post mario movie teaser world like you don't know the phone lines might go down planes will drop out of the sky we have no idea what's going to happen when this trailer premieres it's it's y2k all over again (laughs) but like like genuinely i don't think that you know like this teaser trailer is a make or break moment for the movie you know i i don't think that um, but I think it's f- fair to say that there is a lot of anticipation around this footage, and yes. I am I am prepared for it to be nothing more but a true teaser. Like right, like yes. like we I will be shocked if we learn anything about the plot. I will be you know like it would not surprise me if it's you know like a thirty second slow pan zoom like over Mario's butt. <laughs> As like uh, also Sprock's Zarathustra plays, you know, like if yes. it is, if it is like r- truly just like a teaser, and then at like yeah, at the very end you get like the briefest f- Mario pops up and says like one thing, like that would not surprise me at all. 
but um, this does feel like a major moment in pop culture. <laughs> it it does feel like a major moment, Mark. I'm this is I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna plant this prediction flag right now. We don't hear the voice in the teaser trailer. Mm. I'm guessing we do not hear Chris Pratt's Mario in this trailer. I, I feel like it is likely that it will be like narrated that the trailer will be narrated in some way like a lot of movie trailers are um you know like uh th- this uh this summer a hero will you know uh, that that kind of thing um and then uh and then we just see we see them together we, we hear music um but i i don't i i feel like i can't do you think we can hear his voice? And also, do we only hear Mario's voice? If we hear, if we hear Mario's voice, I feel like we got to hear Luigi. We got to hear Bowser. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But Patrick, when you were describing that, you know, like the narrator, I was, yeah, I, 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 I like had chills because it, you know, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just imagining a trailer, you know, where it's like, uh, it's a, a like a pipe. And in like a blank void, and all of a sudden yes. it's like you know this next summer a hero who sucks, and then it like flushes, you know, like it makes yes. a toilet yes. sound, and you're just like I don't I don't know I just I can't I don't I think I I I almost want to sleep through October sixth and just wake up the next day and have the impact already have happened. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to <laughs> sure. be involved. I don't want to be around for it. I don't want to have to weigh in. I don't want to have an opinion about it. <laughs> I just I just want to know that do you think there's any way we could do like a genuine like blackout from this and just like not experience the trailer? I don't think it's possible. I, I don't even I, if we didn't have this show. I I don't yeah, I don't think it's possible either. Um but uh we should see if we can if we can watch it together. I think that I think that would be um yeah, that'd be, it, that'd it be would nice. be good, good for solidarity. Okay, so uh, uh, October sixth. What day of the week is that? That's a Thursday, uh, at four p.m. Eastern, which means it'll be one o'clock. All right, we're getting Mark. We're having a a lunchtime appointment on the sixth. Uh, uh, to to watch to watch this trailer together. Yep, holding hands because this is this is a, this is a big moment. As we drive off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's the other thing too is that like it could be a a teaser trailer in that sense where like. It's just the Mario characters recreating like moments from other movies. <laughs> you know, I, I said that driving off the cliff, it could be Mario and Luigi uh, holding hands and you know doing the Thelma and Louise. Like that, we we could get like that, and then like you know uh, uh, Bowser turning to Donkey Kong and being like, "We're gonna need a bigger boat." Like all of these <laughs> yeah. things, it, it it could be this could be nothing. It could be nonsense. Yoshi um, Yoshi, or, Yoshi throwing mm-hmm. a sled into a fire. <laughs> Um, no, it's true, Patrick. I, and, uh, that sounds insane, but it really could. This could be anything. It really could be that. Yes. Well, because it, you know, that like the angle there is so clear, right? Of like, these are, these are the moments that made cinema. And now we're just like putting Mario into it. Because this is going to be another moment that makes cinema. Do you think that Miyamoto intros it? Do you think he's like, like does a little introduction? Or do you think it is just a trailer drop? Like a normal trailer drop? Hmm, that's interesting. Um, I mean, they they say they're premiering it at New York Comic Con, right? Um, so there must be some sort of like presentation around it, right? Uh, Patrick, wh- which is worse? We're alive when it drops and conscious, or <laughs> that's it, worse. <laughs> it premieres at New York Comic Con 
meaning it premieres in the room, but they do not release the footage online. Oh my God. Do you think that's possible? I mean, they haven't said anything else, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. You're right. They have not said, and it'll be available to stream right then and there. No, it could be a just in the room thing. Mark. And then we're going to have to read somebody's like, you know, like live tweeted description. Right. Of, uh, you know, like um, Princess Peach parting the Red Sea. Right. Man, I don't want to have to read Eric Voss's tweets just to like <laughs> get the get the gist of this teaser trailer. All right. Well, we have we still have a little we bit gotta of time. We got to settle down. We got to settle down. We still have a little <laughs> yes. bit of time to mentally prepare ourselves. Okay. Way back in 2019, uh, during a Pokemon press conference, a new Detective Pikachu game for Nintendo Switch was announced as like a follow-up to the Nintendo 3DS game. But since then, we haven't seen anything. We haven't heard anything. Nothing. But the game may actually be nearing release. As spotted on, yeah, as spotted on LinkedIn, a senior programmer at Creatures Inc. mentions working on the game and that quote, "It's nearing release," and that's all we have. That that's that's what we're operating off of. Um, let's uh, spin the the logic on this one for for just a little bit. Um, because the original Detective Pikachu game, um, a moderate success, maybe you know, like it, I I don't know that it made like too much of a, of of an impact on like the the gaming market. Um, but that was a a late era 3DS game. Uh, and B came out in a world where there was not a Detective Pikachu movie yet. A Detective Pikachu game coming out on Switch has the potential now in 2022 in a post Detective Pikachu the movie world has the potential to sell like crazy. Um, I think they would be out of their minds to not release this game. Oh, yeah, totally. Do you think that it will have amiibo functionality with the enormous with the Detective, Pikachu Detective Pikachu amiibo God, that they released. So. I hope so. I mean, I I, I wonder if because, uh, like you said, it was this game was um you know mentioned back in uh, in 2019. Um, I wonder if the success of the movie made them like rescope the game or anything. Mm. If 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 they were like, oh, we can't just have this be like another version of the 3DS game. Like it's got to be um bigger or better or um look more like the movie or sound more like the movie or, or or whatever um detective pikachu the movie does uh remarkably well render the world of pokemon right um in a like a, in a more realistic and a more vibrant way than a lot of the games do um so like yeah it, it just makes me wonder like what's what's been the holdup yeah, and uh, speaking of like the movie, is it weird that we never got a sequel? Because that it was a very successful movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the weirdest thing is that it existed at all. That the Detective Pikachu the movie existed at all, um, and uh, was anywhere near as good as it was, or even like presented as uh, a, a, as it was. Um, but yeah, like. Why Why no sequel? Why no sequel? So in the 3DS game, Detective Pikachu talks like, you know, he has like a like a Brooklyn accent or, you know, like it, it's almost, I think people were fan casting Danny DeVito because that's kind of what sure. he sounds yeah. like. Do you think in the new game he continues to sound like that or do you think he sounds like he becomes like more like Ryan Reynolds? Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Are, are, are we to believe that each of these Detective Pikachus is a different Detective Pikachu? Is oh, that's like a whole rash of, of Detectives Pikachu? 
that oh like it's uh yeah that's interesting so it's almost like a a, a different breed of pikachu like they uh crossbred mm-hmm. pikachus with a uh, a detective pokemon to create a uh a detective pikachu I mean, what what we need here, Mark, this is what we need, uh, is that, you know, we, we've already got, if we've got, like, the Brooklyn Detective, you know, that's, like, a little bit of, like, a a, a, a classic, like, noir flavor. Um, and then I guess I don't know how you would classify the, like, Ryan Reynolds, uh, I mean, what is that, just, like, a 2010s detective, right? Um, like, you know, kind of snarky, uh, self-aware detective. Uh, what we need is the Jessica Fletcher style um uh detective pikachu we need an old lady pikachu is what we need i mean you know i'll never say no yeah to to uh uh pika she wrote (laughs) (laughs) bang (laughs) last week nintendo released version 1.2.0 for that was confusing i did a point and a (laughs) dot was Throwing a curveball. For Mario Strikers Battle League, uh, the update included Pauline and Diddy Kong as previously announced, but it arrived with some other like surprise changes and balance updates as well. And I honestly don't understand the nuance of it, and it would be completely lost on me to try to read through those changes. But one thing I thought was interesting is post-release, when the release notes came out and people started like actually seeing what was in it, the reaction on Twitter seemed to be really positive. With people Hmm. saying that, like, it fixed a lot of issues with the game or, like, hey, you know, like, um, uh, Next Level Games is, like, you know, they really care. Like, that sort of mentality. So I would just be curious if there are any listeners out there who, you know, have been playing the game since launch, have updated, and have, you know, like, what their thoughts on it are. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to know that they're still, like, kind of tinkering with it. Um, I, I, I have such a... I, I feel so weird about these uh, Mario sports games uh, that have come out on Switch in that, like, they are refining them as they go, like, post-launch, right? And it's not just about, like, the other characters coming out a- after launch, but, like, uh, really fixing the, like, issues that people are having with the games themselves. Um, uh, it, I don't know. It, I, I, I never want to say that, like, uh, you know, a company is pushing a game out before it's complete, but um, in some ways it feels like uh, if they're, I feel like the game came out and it wasn't complete. I know. <laughs> you know? I, yeah. I feel like we live in just like such a different age now totally. where it's like the game yeah. that releases is not the game that it could turn out to be. And, you know, and I think there's actually, I totally get what you're saying a hundred percent, but I also think there's something a little bit cool about like releasing something. I feel like No Man's Sky is a really great example of this, right? Where totally. releasing something, seeing how people are using it, um, you know, and then just spending a lot of time kind of just like tinkering with it and making it turn into something that's totally like uh, so different from where it started from. Yeah, I guess the the thing that rubs me the wrong way about it is just like the um reward structure for the most ardent fans feels reversed yeah. right that like if you are so excited about uh Mario Strikers Battle League you're going to be there on day 1 when the game is literally at its worst um and that uh if you check in on the game like a year and a half after it came out that's when you're finally going to p- get to play the version of it that not only has all the characters which is one thing you know like I- I'm sure that matters but like everything that was wrong or broken about the game was fixed in the meantime yeah no um, I totally understand yeah. what you're saying it's like you're like the most ardent fans are like punished in a way 
Yeah. Well, and, and I guess it's just part of uh, the fact that um, ardent fans of, of anything now uh, or of any technology or any like art, uh, interactive art are really end up playing the role of like beta testers. Right. That like, um, you know, you, Mark, you and I both have our launch day Nintendo switches. Right. Um, that's the worst version of the switch that's out there. And, uh, you know, we were rewarded with it because we got it on day one. Um, and could could either of us have replaced our switches uh, in the last, you know, six years? Yeah, totally. Could Totally could have done that. Um, but but we didn't. Uh, so I don't know where I was driving with that. Uh, all, all, all of which is to say, like, I'm, I'm looking forward to this game being, like, done and complete. Um, and maybe at that point, um, I'll, I'll dip into it. Um, Oh, we we are to that point with uh the the golf game, right? Uh, Mario Golf. Yeah, I think they. Uh, I believe it Super is. Super Rush. Yeah, I believe it is no longer getting updates. Yeah. Yeah, now is the point where I would like to check that game out, see if it's any good. Uh, we have the August twenty twenty two sales numbers in the United States as measured by NPD Group, and the PlayStation Five was the best selling console by revenue in August. And the Switch best-selling by units. And the five... Continuing the sort of trend of that, right? Yes, yeah. The five best... Or the five Nintendo games in the top 20 are, across all platforms, are Mario Kart 8, still chugging along at number six. Just incredible. Yep. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, holding strong at number 10. Wow. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, number 16, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, number 18, and Pokemon Pokemon Legends Arceus at number 20. And as always, these Nintendo games in these charts don't include digital sales, where most of other games on from other publishers in the charts do. And it, um, it seems like, you know, uh, digital sales for Nintendo just continue to grow, and for certain games are like over 50%, which is pretty remarkable. Also, something to keep in mind here: both Mario Kart Eight and Super Smash Super Smash Brothers Ultimate have uh, large DLC packs um, that also wouldn't be accounted for uh, in 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 these numbers here. Uh, so, like, I would guess that these games are making them a ton of money. It's uh, kind of incredible to see Xenoblade Chronicles Three at, at at number ten here. Yeah, holding on, it's second month. Mm-hmm. Oh wait. Oh yeah. Second month, right? The game released in July? At the end of July? Yes, I believe that's yeah, true. Yes, that's right. That's right. Also, uh, just Madden NFL 23 was the best-selling game of the month overall. Starting October 25th, Nintendo is removing the ability to sign into Nintendo accounts through a linked Facebook or Twitter account. So um, you can still sign in with social with like Google and uh, maybe a few other services, but uh, Facebook and Twitter will be removed. Additionally, it will no longer, which this part makes sense, will no longer be possible to earn my Nintendo points through missions that require linking a Nintendo account to a Facebook or Twitter account. Uh, yes, and this is all uh, this is all good. I think um, it it Mark, do you find it weird how many like other services you can sign into uh, by using a Facebook account? Um, I, um, I don't, I don't have a Facebook account. Well, I guess technically right. I do because I have Instagram, but, um, so yeah, I never, I never use it as an option. Maybe you have a meta account. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, it is it is something that is uh, really prevalent for sure. Yeah, and and it's just part of the sort of like ultimate data collection thing, right? Where uh, you're signing into uh, Grubhub or something, uh, but you're doing so via Google, and then Google knows uh, wh- how where you're spending your money uh, on on food, probably where you are, um, you know, that you're drinking too much, or you know, like it's 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 all all, all kinds of information there. Uh, so I'm uh, I, I I it it does feel weird to be like, why would they turn off this functionality? Um, but it's also like, yeah, why is that functionality built into so much stuff? Also, uh, Nintendo's officially discontinuing the Nintendo 3DS and Wii U image share services, meaning you won't be able to, you know, like uh, upload images to Facebook or Twitter from your Wii U or 3DS. Uh, the image, if you have done done that in the past, they're not like deleting all of the images, so those will still be posted. Um, but hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, what a what a what a weird note. I would assume they don't have the ability <laughs> to do that. Well, I think you would be right, Patrick. They do not. <laughs> Confirmation. Uh, Very good. Uh, it's uh, this. This is this is fine, right? All of these uh, the the 3ds and Wii U um, uh, online services are just slowly being sunsetted one at a time here, right? Yeah, and it feels like the eShops really are just going to be the final plug that Nintendo pulls on uh, these consoles. Yeah, which uh, is due later this year, right? That that you, you we won't be able to buy anything on them uh, in any form. I think it's March twenty twenty three is okay, when okay. the eShops officially like you won't be able to make any new purchases of any kind. Although I guess at that point you'll still be able to um, download, re-download exactly. Yeah. So not dead yet, not dead yet. No, but there will come a day, Mark. Yes, <laughs> uh, where you won't be able to anymore. Um, and I wonder if. Uh, Nintendo will have replaced those virtual consoles on, I guess, Switch is really the only option at this point. Um, but, like, uh, obviously, we won't hear anything about that until those services are gone. Um, just because they want to make sure that they bring the last few dollars out of uh, the people who don't want to say goodbye to the Game Boy Advance library just yet. And finally, the results from last weekend's Splatfest uh, that we talked about at the top of the show, but I held it for now is uh it was team gear versus team grub versus team fun like what would you want to bring to a desert island and the final results um team gear kicked a lot of trash 25 points the winner team grub uh my friends zero points through the weekend and team fun a strong showing at 20 points um just running through the other like the individual categories so by votes uh team gear like 58%, Team Grub 20%, Team Fun 21%. So this is just like who chose what team. Clout. And that that that's an absolute shutout, by the way. Uh, 50, 58.28%. That's bigger than the other two combined. Yeah. Uh, yep. Which is, is sort, of, sort of astounding. I was on Team Gear, um, and I, I, I wasn't doing it because it was popular. I'm not saying it was popular because I was doing it, but maybe <laughs> maybe it was. And then for clout, parentheses open, Team Gear, like 35%, Team Grub, 31%, Team Fun, 33%. Much closer there. And then clout pro, uh, Team Fun actually took this one, Team Gear, 33%, Team Grub, 30%, and Team Fun, 36%. So our official uh, results from the first Splatfest in Splatoon 3 in the book. Uh, it's the the fact that there are three teams is such makes such interesting math stuff happen, right? Yeah. Um, 
uh, the, you know, ba- back in the day, it was kind of clear, like, whenever there was an underdog between, like, the two, that then there would be a sort of natural correction of the people jumping to the defense of the underdog. Um, but now there's, like, I don't know. If, if there's an obvious choice, now there are two underdogs. Um, so I, I, I just don't... I feel like this this third option has thrown chaos into the mix. Here. I, which I feel like uh, uh, is so appropriate for kind of the vibes of yeah, Splatoon totally. 3. One thing I didn't... Uh, I don't have in front of me, and I didn't clock uh, during the Splatfest, is what the midpoint results were. Because I am really curious if this new try color Splatfest is kind of doing what they intended where, hey, if you're behind, you have an opportunity in theory to, you know, like claw your way back. Yeah, it's my understanding that Team Gear was uh, ahead at the half. Um, But uh, I actually don't know where I saw that information, so no, it might not. I, th- I be think right. you're. I think you're right, but I wonder if like it became more balanced. Like if Team Fun was able to like you know like gain more ground. I I don't know. It would yeah. just be interesting to see like how this plays out and how they continue to rebalance Splatfest um throughout the year. Um, Mark, have you been uh, paying attention at all to? your um stats and stuff in splatnet using the nintendo switch online no i uh, haven't phone been. App. um so i i was a little confused about it earlier people were posting screenshots in, in in the discord um and it actually is a pretty cool resource to uh take a look at like how you've been doing um and uh just like what uh what weapons you've been using what um what your success rate is with all these things um and like you know, and just starting to see the uh, um, the sort of results of of the Splatfest. You know, now it shows like the Splatfest so far, um, and shows you know who was the victor and what team you were on. Uh, and I feel like that'll be a fun resource to look back on later after there's been like fifty of these things. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I I think for the first time ever, I'm interested in using the phone app, uh, the Nintendo Switch uh, online app on my phone to like track stuff. I re-downloaded it to my phone and in preparation for Splatoon 3 and I hadn't used it in at least a year. It is way better than it was the last time I used it. They have genuinely been making improvements to it for sure. Uh, but again, they should really be adding a music player to it that unlocks <laughs> unlocks tracks as you unlock them in the game. I don't know why that's not a feature on this thing yet. It should be. All right, Mark, let's close out the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You like the episode, you should share it with whoever you think may enjoy spending uh, you know, a little less than an hour with me and Mark on on a Tuesday night. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening.